This is the Young Gunners from Texas Young Lawyers Association. We cut through the noise and discuss practical tips and challenges facing new attorneys in Texas and the United States. In this episode, I'm your host, Reggie Wilson, associate with Norton Rose Fulbright US LLP podcasting from Houston, Texas. I will be speaking with Christian Menifee, associate with Kirkland and Ellis LLP, about professional organization involvement. Thank you for being here with us today, Christian. No problem. Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am a uh, associate at Kirkland and Ellis uh, here in town. Um, I've been there about six or seven months, and prior to that, I practiced at Norton Rose Fulbright. Um, so it's been about uh, six years now. Um, I do litigation. Um, now at Kirkland, I primarily do uh, adversary proceedings and restructurings. Um, so that's what's keeping me busy. At, at Norton Rose Fulbright, I primarily did um, oil and gas-related disputes. And why did you become interested in law? So I played football in high school, and then I got injured my junior year. And in my senior year, I needed to do something with my free time. So I joined the debate team um, and ended up being pretty successful at that. And at the time, I didn't know any lawyers, but I, I thought to myself, well, that sounds like a job where people talk a lot. And it seems like I'm doing pretty well talking, so I think I'll pursue <laughs> that. Um, and so I've, I've kind of stuck with it ever since. So the big question for law students, for new associates, how do you get involved in organizations and professional organizations? Or even before we go into that, just give our listeners a little bit about what professional organizations you're involved with and how did you get involved with those organizations? Wow, okay, so six years in the practice. Um, if we go back to when I first started practicing, I've been involved in um, the HBA. I was on uh, the AIDS Outreach Committee for that, and, and I also um, chaired the Summer Associate uh, Luncheon for the Minority Opportunities and Legal Profession Committee. Um, I was on the board of the Houston Young Lawyers Association, and before that, uh, I did a couple of committee chairships for them. Um, I just rolled off of the steering committee for the Texas Minority Council Program, which is um, a conference for uh, women and minority attorneys um, to help with business development. Um, I'm also currently chair of the Sweat Equity Group, which is an informal networking organization that uh, myself and a couple other gentlemen founded uh, for African-American men who practice around downtown Houston um, okay, I think that that is it for professional organizations, um, and I'm on a couple of nonprofit boards. As you all can see, he's very qualified to speak about uh, involvement with professional organizations. So with that being said, are there any particular type of relationships that help you get there? Like, how did you get involved with each one of those organizations? It was really a matter of just kind of... Uh, doing it. Um, I had some people in my career who kind of mentored me early on, and one of the real memorable things uh, from that time period was a partner told me, if you stick around at these large law firms long enough, you'll realize that just about everyone can do the work, um, but not everyone's going to make partners. So if you want to be successful uh, long-term at a law firm, uh, you need to figure out kind of what your additional value add is going to be. For some people, I think they become 
um, industry or legal experts on specific issues, and so they find themselves being indispensable to the rest of the partners. Um, for other people, I think they find that you know their their values, the relationships that they have, uh, which could eventually turn into an ability to bring bring in business. Um, so my thought was that I wanted to start very early building relationships um, in the legal profession, so that I'm not in my seventh, eighth, ninth year uh, trying to almost inorganically build relationships. Um, so that I can bring in business and stuff like that. So I, I tried to really get involved really early. Um, and, you know, I found that if I'm a first-year or second-year attorney and I get involved in two things, I can manage that and still manage my workload. So by the time I you know, hit my fifth year, these relationships that I've been working on for four years. So it, it was really just a couple of partners who kind of really got in my ear early in my profession and said, hey, really invest in becoming a good lawyer, but also invest in knowing your peers um, and the others in the legal profession. So with that approach, moving forward or, or starting, if someone is looking to get involved with different organizations or committee, is there a particular plan or route that you created or followed to help you choose the organizations and committees that you were involved in and are involved with? I would say just take a, take a look at what piques your interest. Um, you know, you are, especially for the folks who are, you know, new to the practice, you're grinding it out, you're working long hours trying to learn what you're doing because you came out of law school and you didn't know anything about practicing law. Um, so, you know, these organizations, you're going to spend some of your free time trying to get involved in these, so you want it to be something that, that you enjoy doing. Um, I've always been really passionate about um, the diversity pipeline in the legal profession. Uh, you know, most of these large law firms in Texas <clears throat> don't really have a ton of attorneys who look like me uh, practicing there, so... Uh, that's something that I've always been particularly passionate about, so I kind of steered my extracurricular activities uh, in a way that would put me on working on projects that would kind of help impact uh, those issues. So I'd say, you know, figure out what interests you, you know, what, what can you tolerate spending your free time doing, um, and then, you know, seek out the local organizations, whether it be HBA, um, HILA, um, any of these organizations, and, and kind of see, like, where you can you can get in to do the work that's important to you. A big problem that associates have articulated that they have when coming into the practice is they don't have the contacts or they don't know anyone to get involved with committees or organizations. Do you have any advice that you would give someone who has a small network? Yeah, so I I mean, obviously I would start with your classmates from law school. Um, You know, especially if you went to a a Texas-based law school, um, everyone in your class can't have a small number of contacts, right? Like there, there has to be just basic probabilities. There has to be someone in your class uh, who has relationships out in the legal profession coming out of law school. Um, and so I would, you know, just try to really keep in contact with your classmates and see what they're doing. Um, aside from that, uh, one thing I appreciate about TYLA and, and organizations like it is, I mean, they have branch organizations in each of the major cities. So. If you are practicing in Houston, Hila is, in my opinion, a really, really good place to get started uh, with your extracurricular involvement. Um, and then, of course, you got the Houston Bar Association and then organizations through the state bar. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I would say, um, especially if you're at a large law firm, I mean, there are a ton of associates there. You can go ask around and see what they're doing. But um, if, if you're in, like, a smaller practice and you're fresh out of law school, I would definitely uh, consider reaching out to your classmates and see, seeing what they have going on. Another concern is that there's been a disparity between involvement from those who are in the private sector versus those who are in the public sector. 
with your experience in the various organizations that you participate with, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, so I, I, I've definitely seen that there's a barrier out there. Um, so with the organization um, that I and some others founded, um, you know, one of the things was we were trying to consider whether we wanted it to be like a networking group of only like firm folks from downtown or if we wanted to open it up uh, to folks in all various practices. And one of the issues that we ran into was just as simple as being able to identify who the public sector lawyers were that we wanted to target. Um, you know, it, it sounds... Uh, like basic and it's something that we expect but with big firm lawyers um, you know if you want to look somebody up you just go to the website and type in their name or you know you scroll through all the attorneys in Houston Uh, but you know obviously uh, let's say for example uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Texas they don't have like a website with all their attorneys listed on it so that was one barrier in particular Um, but you know I found that through being involved in other organizations, that was kind of like one way to start meeting, you know, a couple of those public sector attorneys. And what I found is if you meet a couple of them through them, they're all like one degree of separation from like all the rest of the folks that you're trying to meet in that same um, practice. So, you know, I think kind of the key is, is like meeting one or two and then asking them how best to go about uh, meeting the other folks in their network. So I'm a new associate, and I get involved with my local affiliate, whether it's Dallas Bar, Houston Bar, San Antonio Bar. What's the next step? How do I navigate that? I mean, I'm lost. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to ask. What What were the steps that you took once you actually got into the organizations? Yeah, so each of these organizations is going to have an executive director, right? And those individuals are typically, at least in my experience, they are like the knowledge base for the organization. Um, you know, the board all does great work and they're elected, of course. Um, but the, the ED is like the individual who has been doing this um, throughout multiple board cycles. Um, so that's typically the person who, you know, you can go to them and get a list of all the committees that this um, branch organization, this affiliate has going. And you can, from there, take a look at like their programming and decide uh, which committee kind of best aligns with best aligns with your interests. Um, but I've always found that they're like a wealth of knowledge. Um, so my first or second step every time <clears throat> I got involved in a new organization was to um, try to get in front of the executive director and like just get a list of committees or, or like flagship events, efforts, whatever it is, uh, to decide what piqued my interest. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced trying to get involved in these organizations and then what were some of the biggest challenges you faced once you were actually in the organizations? Um, so the, <clears throat> I'd say the biggest hurdle in, in trying to get involved is probably the same hurdle as once you are involved, which is the billable hour. Um, you know, it, <laughs> we have to find a way to, like, as, as a young associate, to properly prioritize everything. You know, on the one hand, you want to keep building these relationships so that five, six, seven, eight years, you can be in a position to where, you know, you can... Uh, be a strong candidate for partner, or if you want to go in house, you know people and have the relationships to be able to, you know, get your resume on a short list to go in house. Um, <clears throat> but then on on the flip side of it, you still have to become a technically sound and proficient lawyer, um, and you still got to build them hours. So it, you know, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic um, trying to balance those two, um, especially given like different partner personalities. So I used to work for a partner who would routinely create false deadlines 
So, you know, he'd send you something at four and say, hey, can you flip this to me at eight? And you're like well-versed in the case, so you, of course, appreciate that the partner really doesn't need this at eight, but this is just kind of what he does. Um, and so, it, you know, it made it difficult during that time period to be involved in extracurriculars because if I was going to something and he sent me something before, he would, you know, generally ask for it right away. So what I've found kind of the solution to that was just kind of creating your boundaries up front. Um, you know, <clears throat> like notifying him as soon as you get the email, oh, thanks, you know, can this wait until tomorrow morning because I have XYZ going on tonight. Um, and typically when I put the ball back in their court like that, uh, they tend to just be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, but, you know, and then in the future, of course, I would, unless that partner was just incredible to work for, I typically would avoid working for that partner again. But I think, you know, the most difficult thing was just balancing all of the uh, competing uh interest for your time right so um, trying to be present at the firm and and to do good work and and to work all the hours that are needed to become a good lawyer with also being present uh, at these extracurricular events which is a great segue you touched on balance how do you balance your career your personal life and your involvement with the professional organizations and continue to excel in each one of those yeah, so I have <clears throat> a couple different ways of going about it. So the first thing is I kind of have like a personal two-year rule. Um, I, I will typically be involved with an organization for two years, and unless there is um, something with the organization that like it really has pulled on my heartstrings and there's like some passion that I have uh, that I think warrants me staying lo- longer, I typically try to move on after that. Um, and the reason being is because, you know, I, I think – when you stay involved with organizations for a very long time, sometimes, at least for me, um, the work can kind of start to feel a little bit stale. Um, two is obviously two years, obviously an arbitrary number that I picked, but um, I think that it kind of you know it it helps you to kind of step back to reengage and to get around a different group of people. So that that's one thing I do is you know I if I'm on two organizations and one of them hits a two year mark, I roll off of one of them. And then, then I can go out and look for a, another organization instead of, you know, staying on everything I've ever been involved in, which would leave me with like, you know, eight, nine, ten organizations. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is just, you know, um, knowing that when I have free time and I don't have much going on, because, you know, a lot of these practices are cyclical, um, going in and like spending that free time doing something meaningful for my organization, right? So. If I know that there's an effort that they need help on and I know that I've been crazy busy for the past three months, then I'll like really try to dig in during this couple of weeks free time and like get a lot of stuff done. And then, of course, um, the most important thing, uh, so I guess I saved the best for last, is just time management. Um, you know, everybody kind of has a different shift at, at my job. Like folks kind of come in at different times of the day. But um, since I've started practicing law, I've been a get to work at 730 person. Um, it's just... For me, I'm more of a morning person, and I can get there and knock a bunch out uh, before the partners that I work for get there. Um, and that also kind of, if I'm efficient, it makes it such that, you know, by the time 6 p.m. hits, I've been at work for, like, what, almost 11 hours. Um, so I can afford to step away from for a couple of hours and go to some event, whereas, you know, I've seen in the past, like, some of my peers, if they get in at, like, 10 o'clock, they can't go to an event at six because they just haven't put in the work that day. So I'd say time management is also a really big part of it. So I've taken these great tips and steps, and now I'm in the organization. What are some things that you do to stand out from your peers? 
Um, you know, I think that this is kind of the same uh, regardless of what type of organization you're in, whether it's a nonprofit um, um, or a professional organization. I, I say just, like, get stuff done. Um, a lot of times, especially with lawyers, um, I think when you bring us all together and we're, we are working on a task that is not directly related to, like, representation of a client, we tend to come together, powwow, everybody wants to be heard, there's a whole lot of talking, and then you leave and there might not be a bunch of action items, right? So I would say um, take over a committee. So, you know, volunteer to chair a committee. You would be surprised. There are organizations that have, like, hundreds of people and it's still very difficult to get a committee chair because that means someone you're going to have to have real responsibility. So I would volunteer to chair a committee, and I would actually get stuff done. Um, I mean, it's just, I don't think it gets any easier than that. Like, for example, um, you know, if you're hosting, like, a luncheon for the HBA, if you're the chair of that committee, um, you know, be efficient, get all the tasks done. Um, and just from doing that, people will see you as someone who's accountable um, and someone that they can depend on in the future. Um, so I've always... When I get to organizations, I try to almost immediately become a committee chair and, and take personal ownership of some effort. And then when, when that goes well, people will see that that reflects on like my personality and how I do business. So. so you've gone through the process. You're now in the organization. You're standing out. The next step, of course, without your two-year rule is now I want to be a chair or now I want to be a president. Is there any advice that you would give our listeners when preparing for those positions? Yeah, man. Um, it's politics. Um, you know, it's uh, a good friend of mine always says, you know, you don't want to uh, decide that you want to do something once the conspiracy uh, to, to put someone in that position is already wrapped up. So, you know, I guess the point of that is, you know, you kind of have to be out soliciting support from the people in the organization early, right? Um, so you are... And say you're a committee chair, you want to run for the board next year, uh, you should be attending the events, not just the events that are related to your uh, your committee, but all of the events for the organization. When you're there, you should be actually mingling and talking with people. Um, outside of that, you should be like, you know, setting up coffee dates or lunches or whatever to, to spend additional time around people. Um, I think that generally, you know, if you are a strong leader and people like you, they will be supportive of you. But uh, if people don't know you, you can be an incredible leader, but they won't know that. And people tend to support their friends over, you know, because there's no, like, objective metric. Oh, this person do a better job, right? So I, I would say you have to get out there and build the relationships. Um, and that comes from spending time at the events, spending time uh, individually with folks either on the board or members of the organization. Um, and, and creating those relationships now, as my friend puts it, uh, making a friend before you need a friend. So... Would you say your involvement with professional organizations has actually benefited you in your career and your personal life? Yeah, definitely. Well, so definitely in my personal life. Um, so I remember I went to the Texas Minority Council program for the first time in 2014, and I don't think I knew anybody there. Like I can remember so many awkward moments of like walking around. You know, when you go to conferences, they give that conference bag. Walking around with the conference bag and like just like looking into a sea of people and not knowing anybody and so having to like continually start these awkward first conversation conversations um and then you know fast forward three or four years and i feel like when i walk to the room i know everybody there i mean there are folks there who uh they've been to my wedding i've been to their wedding um and just really created relationships uh, for life so definitely um benefit me personally 
uh, as far as um, professionally, I'd say, yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of value just in having relationships uh, with a bunch of different types of people because you never know, you know, like when issues are going to arise, right? So a good example is I have a buddy who does um, employment discrimination work on the plaintiff side, and I've referred like no less than 20 different people to him. Um, just because the firms that I've worked at, they don't ever do that type of work. Um, and our relationship, you know, we became friends. It was 100% organic. Um, but whenever I get those cases, he's always the first person that comes to mind. Um, and just the same thing with, like, you know, hosting client development events and stuff at work. Um, nine times out of ten, the people who I invite are people that I know from all these organizations. So it's not like a cold email, um, hey, could you possibly attend this? But it's like a text or a phone call, and, and those people tend to show up for you and be supportive of you. So I think, it, you know, it, it's definitely benefited me in both my professional and personal life. And, again, it comes from just spending the time with people and building those relationships organically. One last question. If you had one major piece of advice for someone who's just entering the practice or wanting to get involved with professional organizations, what would it be? So I guess it would be twofold. Um, So the first thing is you've got to get in the game. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've talked with like eighth, ninth, tenth, ten-year attorneys who have told me man, I wish I would have started getting involved in in legal organizations early in my career because I'm on the cusp of being considered for partner and I don't feel like I have sufficient contacts to bring in business soon. Um, So, you know, I would say get started early in your practice. Um, I would not wait until my sixth or seventh year in the practice of law to start getting involved. I would get involved early. Um, and then the second part is, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, there have been a couple of times in my practice where I realized that I was just overcommitted. Um, and so I had to step back from a couple of things. Um, but you, you don't want to be in a position where um, you are stepping back from something mid-year. And thank God I haven't had to do that. But, you know, I, I would err on the side of, like, undercommitting. Um, so, you know, I think that for an attorney who's young and is trying to learn how to be a good lawyer... Um, I I wouldn't, you know, do more than, like, a couple of organizations um, because I've seen people who, who get burnt out, right? Like, they get involved so much, and then, you know, it can cause not only your your contributions to these organizations to decline, but also, like, your work product because you're just burnt, you're spent. Um, so, you know, it, it is a marathon, not a sprint, and I think it should be treated that way. You hear that, folks? Quality over quantity. Christian, thank you for being here with us today and sharing your tips on how to become involved in professional organizations. Thank you all for listening to Young Gunners from Texas Young Lawyers Association. Make sure to follow and friend us on Facebook and Twitter.